You guys are all too polite. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, and Guthrie nails it again without headphones. I do what I can. <laughs> Broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. It, it occurs to me we might want to get some headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and a splitter. And a splitter. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out next time. That, I've, I mean, I could use my earbuds, but then, you know, it's it's like a lateral move at this point. Oh, it's all good. It, it's like brain training. We'll, we'll eventually be able to do the entire episode with no headphones and no microphones, and it'll be just old old style. Yes. Um, or narrative. Or, or, or vocal oration. We could we could just like forego music altogether and just yeah. like do it without. And... We, we could sing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that once on the show, oh, and yeah? it keeps coming back to haunt me. Ooh. In our mail jingle. What uh? What episode would this be, Aaron? If anyone's uh, curious, you know, to I don't. To your I don't know what episode it was. I know that Rob Sadowski was on, and okay. it was in the era that we were recording out of Brock's apartment. Oh, so nice. I want to say late two hundreds. Okay. Okay. That's uh. That's where we got the mail jingle. Yes. We that's that's. Mail. <laughs> you, I, th- I thought you did fine. I, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> There's a male jingle coming up. Oh, no. <laughs> we are the show that brings you somewhat, somewhat, and sometimes more than irreverent conversations, although certainly what we'll be covering in this first section, I, I would venture to say is very relevant, uh, about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Uh, covering bicycling, trains, transit, simple living. I just went through the whole longer version that we had cut previously. I don't know why I did that. Adventures in life hacks. And, and now I just came back uh, uh. To, the, to the abbreviated script. And today we cook rice. Well, not not really. But today we have we have the rice cooker ride with us. We do. We've got Tad, Yas, uh, Kaide, and Cody in the studio with us today. Welcome to the show, everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're very and, happy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we've had a little bit of an experience back in 2015. Folks may remember the disaster relief trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill us in a little bit on what's been going on since then. Right. Yeah. So, um... So we went back to Japan and trying to have the similar thing as disaster relief trials, but we encountered a lot of obstacles. Okay. First of all, the the local government where our college town is, uh, actually, oh, actually more than that, the cargo bikes are actually not legal in Japan. Interesting. Right. So they have like a size limitations. Mm-hmm. So. Width-wise, 600 millimeters, and length-wise, it's 1,900 millimeters. So that's about 6'4", gotcha. I guess. Yeah, somewhere around that. And so we can't really, you know, demonstrate. Since it's illegal, we can't really... The, the gov- local government doesn't want to support kind of illegal activity. Hmm. So, and also the, the infrastructure in Japan, the roads are kind of narrow, and the, the side of the road, there's no bi- dedicated bike lanes. So... Um, we had to kind of um, convince the people and also 
uh, we did some research in Europe and how are their um, infrastructure is. So we went to Copenhagen and did some research on their infrastructure. They have like, you know, wide um, bike lanes, you know, so people commute like 62% of the whole community is done by bicycle. Mm -hmm. So something like that. Yeah. So we've been doing something like that. And then, you know, we came back again, yeah, to do some more research about cargo bikes here in Portland. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Right. Well, welcome back on the show. <laughs> um, excited to hear more about yes. the, the trials right. and tribulations sure. of bringing cargo bikes to Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, we'll get into that in full in just a few here. Right. In the meantime, what... It, what I, it, oh. in the meantime, forgot a very important piece of equipment. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll be right back. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep us running here. Um, well, we have this brilliant opportunity for Aaron to ruffle through a bag or two. We would just like to thank our generous sponsors, the Beer Mongers, for providing such excellent beverages for the oh, evening. And that was the important piece of equipment oh, yeah. that I was missing. <laughs> hey, as they say, <laughs> now, right. now we toast. Yes. Uh, oh, I'll take it. Thanks. Which one is this? Fremont Interurban IPA. Nice. Yeah. Good right. choice. Oh, and really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a tasty one. Fremont Brewing has some great stuff. Cool. From Seattle. Great. And uh, if anyone else would like a beverage, please feel free. They are they are here for you. And if not, no worries. You'll you'll never get pressure from Guthrie to consume alcohol. That's, that's just not what I do. I, I'll do it, though. We you'll, bought you'll these consume for you. some alcohol? No. Oh, okay. Just, I'll just, just pressure others to... <laughs> <laughs> so, Gaudi, what did you choose? Stickman. Stickman? Stickman. Stickman Brewing Company and... Socks and sandals. Socks and sandals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ballast point. Yeah. Aloha Sculpin. Sculpin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent Which, choice. What is a Sculpin? A Sculpin. Oh, no. You asked me on air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Sculpin, uh, I believe, is one where they mix in some type of uh, sour fruit or such. I Don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm probably going to drive a bunch of people nuts with that attempt at an explanation. You know what I'm going to say? I, I don't actually know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with that for today. Uh, what I do know this is, is an opportunity to learn on something. The shelf. Yes. It's true. I'm going to write it down and look it up when I get home. There, There is, though. Um, have you ever seen that? There's the, the periodic table located yes. at the beer mongers. Uh, you know, we should get a copy for the studio. Yeah, actually, I'll uh, yeah. I'll talk to Sean next time. We could we could hook that up. Uh, it's it's one that I make it like one or two rows in each time, and oh, then yeah. and then I and then I get the beer and I'm off to the next week. So, um, learning slowly, but maybe I maybe I just haven't made it over to the S's yet. Uh, it is still an IPA. I do know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that being an India Pale Ale. <laughs> And Tad, what did you choose? I chosen a uh, Belching Beaver, Deftones Phantom Bride IPA. Nice, yeah, nice black and yeah. These uh, are all various roses. IPAs. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think you said to get IPAs, right? I did say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This we is this it. is we a favorite of you guys, right? <laughs> Good Great. deal. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm an IPA fellow myself. Great. Can we open? Please open? do. Great. Yeah. Great. Ah. <laughs> the refreshing sound of justice. Or beer. 
Guthrie, what are you choosing? I don't know. I think I'm going to try the kombucha. Oh, for real? <laughs> no, so, and the reason being that I've seen everybody else have a bottle unexpectedly explode. And so I feel like it's my it's my time around the... the um, oh, hey. No. I lucked so out. So I, I confess I pre-opened these. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> did, did, did this one go crazy on you? Uh, give me your... Say your name one more time so I can say it correctly. Kaide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kaide. So I... I brought Kaide out, and I said, take a picture, because these are going to explode. Mm-hmm. And then I opened them both, and neither of them exploded. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was all build up And, and no, f- no yeah. fizz. Nothing whatsoever. That, you know what? Which uh, I'm okay with yeah. that. that <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a refreshing. That's a relief. I've, 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 I have to admit, Aaron, my faith was wavering with the, the Lionheart uh, kombucha. It was just so Lionhearty that yes. uh, it was almost overwhelming too, to a point. Too much lion. Not in that lion heart. Yes. yes. Too much lion, too much heart, which is basically <laughs> the right amount for lion heart kombucha. <laughs> That's true. All right. Cool. Well, cheers. 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 And thank you so much to the beer mongers. Yeah. Absolutely. Reaching across international waters to provide beers for us. Right. Where where can you find the beer mongers, Aaron? Why on Southeast Division and 12th. Dang, I should go there sometime. Maybe, uh, maybe tomorrow. So I, I confess, um, last night we were hanging out after the rice cooker ride. Right. And I found out you guys were staying in Lad's Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was the first thing I said? Yeah, you said, yeah, I got to go to the beer mongers. Yeah. <laughs> the bottle shop. Yeah. Nice, nice. Close to the apex. Yeah. Right. My friend mm. Steven was with me, and he just kind of shook his head like, you, you're you a walking commercial. Aaron, now, you, know? you, you, you corporate shill. <laughs> yeah. Those that know you know you best, and that you will you will go to your grave slinging the beer mongers. That's right. Because I'm a company man to the dying day. It's true. <laughs> I, you can't see me shaking my head in, in, in like, <laughs> si- silent uh, laughter, but <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> uh, well, what what did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Oh, you know what? I had a I had a ton of fun this weekend. I did my taxes. Ooh, it was it was fantastic. Um, and and the the nice thing was that this year it only took about eight hours, so that was pretty fun. That's the nice thing. I suppose. How long, I, I how long does it, how long does it normally take you to do taxes? Uh more than eight hours sometimes. For real? <laughs> I mean, it it depends. So so I I have like I give up after two. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you use a preparation software or do you go oh, full yeah. manual? No, no. I I preparation software, whatever is online at okay. the time and whatever is cheapest. Yep. And uh, yeah, after two hours, I just. Kind of just keep clicking yes mm-hmm. to things. You're like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably I did that. okay. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yep. Okay, do that. Yep. Um, that that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so the reason it took me so long is is this year I actually did my taxes almost two and a half times uh, because I was determined to get the best rate based on the free tax preparation services. Oh yeah. And so I did all of my tax through a um, company which will remain unnamed. Hint: it starts with a T. And uh, then I went and did it with another company, full name unnamed, but uh, their initials happen to be H and R. I'll let you fill in the last bit there. Oh, and that's then a I, mystery. I took my best uh, bet between the two, providing the same information to both, and ended up that one uh, edged the other out in the what is cheaper to Ooh. file with race. So, Am I allowed to ask which one is which? Sure. Uh, which one gave you the better rate? H, R, 
uh, expletive gave me the, <laughs> the, the best rate. Um, really? It, it was pretty close. I mean, it was it was within, you know, about $100 all said and done. But um, it was kind of a, a nice learning experience. I've been really diving into budgeting. And um, part of the reason why I'm very excited that Lillian's coming back on the show oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks Not here. too long. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, uh, I just kind of viewed it as like a learning opportunity, trying to take a chance to understand uh, the mechanisms at play a bit more. And, and it was arduous, but I would say worthwhile in terms of that time investment so right on yeah that, that was th- so like yeah wow hey, guess, you, guess you make me want fun this <laughs> <laughs> you make me want to spend an extra hour on my taxes you this should year. you could come on over and, and we could <laughs> we could work our way up to eight together um <laughs> yeah i mean it, it the, I, I i will admit uh i got done with and was just like well screw it uh and then i was oh, like wait their name oh no i did uh, <laughs> yeah if, if anybody was in the dark about that one it, it was um and so with that, what I the, the true reason is that they do like a free file. And because I already had an account with it was um, not possible to file for free, even though I technically oh. qualified. So I would have ended up paying it. I, I call it, I guess, an administrative fee of about one hundred thirty dollars and e. just wasn't really into that. No. So, was where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was what I did for fun. Right uh, what else did I do? Oh, yeah, I finished. On Trails by Robert Moore, which we talked a little bit about in oh, episode right. 400. And that's a still a fantastic book. I think I said this last time, but if, if you're looking for a nice read, um, that, one, that one really goes deep into trails and actually all avenues of life in, in that respect. Uh, but I think the highlight of my week was going to the Active Transportation Summit. Oh, right. It was up at the Oregon Zoo this past Friday, Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, that was, that was a really good one. And stay tuned for more on the Active Transportation Summit. Yeah, I we, think we've is... got a couple of guests coming yeah. on the show. Um, the Active Transportation Summit, for those who don't know, is a collaboration between Travel Oregon and some of our more local agencies to bring together sort of two voices. It used to be a split conference where there would be a transit and planning side of it um, that would happen at one part of the year and then another part that was a little bit more focused on destination development. So that was sort of the focus that I had for Friday. Um, attending as part of Cycle Portland and I guess also the Sprocket podcast and a tiny bit of film <laughs> by bike. I was like switching hats three times each day. Um, but with that, it is basically trying to get together parties at the table so that there can be a more developed or more synergistic approach to um, bicycle tourism and also safe street design. And so the half of the conference, it, it both happens on, I think it's Thursday, Friday, and the uh, one half of it does more of the transit side, the other half does the other, and so it's it's bringing it together under one single sort of date okay. um, instead of spreading it out there. But we saw some excellent presentations about some of the progress being made on the Timber Trail, as well as some really exciting projects that are coming down the pipeline. The it, Oregon Timber Trail is the uh, sort of network of mountain bike trails throughout Oregon? It is the nation's first uh, border-to-border, mainly single-track route. Uh, wow. So it travels from s- Northern California at the border all the way up to our neighbors in Washington, and it does it all on single-track uh, mountain bike trail. Nice. Yeah. So How long would that be? So the, the estimate for timber trail, if, if you're going to take your average person and have mm-hmm. them take a, a shot at it, they're guesstimating, like, I think 35 or 40 days for that. Wow. Uh, but back in 2000, I think it was 2015, 2016, the very first ride, um, two gals had a go at it, and they just completely mm-hmm. 
decimated the benchmark. So I, I don't know if anybody's actually completed it faster than them, wow. which is which is pretty cool when you think about it. Um, but but as you would hear them describe, essentially it was like, well, let's wake up and go for a ride, and you know <laughs> you, you you could hang around camp or you could see what's around the right. next corner. And so That's in that great. regard, um, they have it basically split out into four sections and so mm. you don't you don't have to be like well i'm gonna take 40 days off work and go to the timber trail um, right, you can take right. five or six days sort of here or there and do mm -hmm. different um alignments or segments as they have them plotted out yeah maybe we, we should try yeah. someday <laughs> yeah have a go at the timber trail there it's uh it, it's one of many exciting things happening in oregon and um there are a lot of you know public officials there people people heads of agencies etc great keynote speakers and it was really nice to see the ev evolution and the continuation of that program because I've taken part three years in a row now and it's evolved a lot, like even more than I expected. I think this was the first year that I realized like how much we actually have progressed from yeah. from the first year I've been there. And they've been doing very um, similar events under, under separate umbrellas, fulfilling the same purpose for, for many, many years now. But it's really, really neat to see just how much happens year over year. And um, going into that conference room, knowing a lot of folks around and really just doing check-ins on projects and, and seeing where folks were at. Nice. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, there is a scholarship for that each year. So really? if, if you if you want to cool. attend, um, Travel Oregon, I believe, has, I actually don't know the number of them, but they have a decent amount of scholarships. And so guess who I ran into there? Uh, the scholarship recipient. Yes. Um, whose I name I should know, right? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, th theoretically, but pro pro not really. I, oh, okay. I was giving you a, a trick question. Dang. Maddie Carlson was at the Active Wait, Transit Wait, she was summit. the scholarship wow. recipient? Oh, um, I, I don't know if she was, oh. actually. <laughs> I, I was just segueing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're good. I, I, see, we, I, I did we a We were just talking about one. Maddie Carlson mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. earlier about family biking and how there isn't really a whole lot of like family biking mm. over in Japan, right? Right. We mm. have a thing called Mamachari, which is direct translation would be mother's bike. Mm -hmm. And um, it's usually it's really cheap. Like it's usually single speed with like a basket and like... Uh, you said it, they're uh, like kind of heavy and cheaply made. Right, cheaply made. So it's people think <laughs> as like a disposable um, bike. Interesting. So like in spring, like spring is like a change of fiscal year and people move from one place to another mm -hmm. so people just abandon their bikes in front of train stations and the gov local government has to kind of collect them and wow. move it away and that's a huge cost and that's a really sad thing happening yeah. Yeah. Hmm. what do they right. do with them on the other hand mm. free bike exactly yeah. <laughs> someone yeah. can just have a free bike if they wanted to right right yeah <laughs> So there's a place in usual local, um, like government. They there's a like a stockyard of all yeah. the abandoned bikes. Oh they, really? Yeah. And sometimes they have a program that if you want to pick it up, yeah, for really inexpensive money, like thirty bucks for. It's like a, a state bicycle. auction, or right. yeah, okay. it's 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 actually I don't think it's an auction. You okay. just show up and yeah, that's um nice, yeah. good deal. We should if there's a. If we have any uh, listeners from Japan, we, we should post a link to that just in case anybody's anybody's like, ooh, where do I get some of those? Yeah. Kathy from Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking is actually an, a New Zealand expat okay. listening in Japan. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Cool, cool. Yeah. I want to say Kyoto. Oh. For some reason, that sticks out in my head. I yeah, think that's, wh I think that's where she is. Mm. 
What have uh, you been up to this week, Eric? Well, I cooked some rice with some great people. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, are, are they the people in this room? Yes, yes. Some <laughs> very wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> hospitable people. I had sake for the second time in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did, um, did we hook them up with the good stuff? Y- yeah. It was it was really good. I think I drank it wrong. No, I don't think so. No? Because... No. Uh, I wasn't watching Aaron. While he was drinking. <laughs> I mean, was he doing okay? I, I wouldn't expect anyone to like be watching me, but <laughs> uh, I got the cup mm-hmm. and I just oh, shot it down. That's right. That's right. You, you <laughs> drank it in one shot. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, and then later, I saw everyone else with the cup and they were just sipping. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so you were just trying to get a head start on the night. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Was it um, warm sake? Uh, it made me feel warm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, cold. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Room temperature. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was, it had had like a, a sweetness to it though. Definitely. Yeah, it, was it was very like sweet. A daiginjo, which mm-hmm. is like a you know uh, you carve out a lot of the rice, maybe up to like forty percent. Mm-hmm. So they only use the the sweet parts, the central central part. Oh wow. Of the okay. Rice. Yeah. And, and there's. Um, and correct me on this because I'm sure I'll be off by just a little bit. There's there's like five ish, six ish tiers. Uh, so it's uh, what is it, Junmai, and then it oh, works right, its right, way right, up right. from yeah. there. Uh, actually, there's like a regular sake. Okay. Yeah, used to be called like a second level, and there's the Junmai, which is like they used to call it like a first level. Okay. And within Junmai, there are a couple levels, a few levels, and Daiginjo is actually the top one we you, oh, which you carve okay. out the most. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Nice. Right. I should, uh, we should, actually, no, I don't think beer mongers could sell sake. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know if they're licensed for liquor. They do yeah. have wine, mm-hmm. but it's, that's a different thing. Indeed. Well, we'll, we'll check in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have so many good beers in Portland. <laughs> yeah. I think now's a good time to kind of talk about how the rice cooker riot evolved. I know like it's right. it's been in media and last time you're here you talked to like the news, mm-hmm. but I didn't get you guys in the studio. <laughs> so, now that I've got you, let's talk a little bit about how the rice cooker riot evolved, where it came from, um and how you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um there was a big earthquake in 2011 and um actually um the students here, they weren't in scuba yet. But uh-huh. I, was, I was there, and the scuba got hit um, pretty badly, and the the university uh, didn't have water and power for only a couple days. But um, we had rice and water, but we didn't know how to cook without electricity, hmm. right? So we learned the hard way that we kind of have to kind of re-educate ourselves to use like a log fire and use like old equipment, which we call kamado. It's like a stove. And then, um, yeah, cook rice. And then um, um, we had like an old abandoned house and they had like an old kamado, which is like a rice cooking stove. And we discovered that... um, so like a old like old lady like uh-huh. the neighborhood yeah told us how to use it and it was really fun actually mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's like a barbecue with like rice cooking mm-hmm. rice and the rice 
become really good. It's sweeter than using like a regular electric、uh, rice cooker. So we got like really, you know, hooked into the、yeah. the, the rice cooking thing. <coughs> and there was one student there,、uh, actually one year older, to、uh, like Kari and Yasu's、um, their their generation. So one of, one of the the senior student, yeah, who or, already graduated,、um, he was in Miyagi Prefecture near Sendai, which got like really badly、uh, affected by the earthquake,、mm. and. He said, like they had like a power outage for about a week, and also they are out of like gasoline、uh, for、oh, wow. a while. So all the cars were kind of left in the city, and kind of you know nobody could do anything. So yeah, and the cars got useless. And he said the bicycle was the most、um, sort of dependable,、uh, useful thing,、hmm. yeah, to use. So. He said, "Like okay, like doing this kamado thing, the rice cooker thing, and bicycle is probably essentially it's, it's the same thing." So,、mm-hmm. um, so he said, "Like why don't we? Since the at the time we were only doing this kamado thing at the the spot where there was the rice cooker, the kamado, and then we decided, hey, why not transport? Yeah, the the kamado, kamado, yeah. yeah, and so that we can cook everywhere." So first we got a、um, surly trailer,、mm-hmm. yes. and we put a like a cob. Was it the Bill or the Ted?、Uh, I was the Ted trailer. This right one, on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And、uh, I'm just、yeah. I'm a surly nerd. That's you right.、Know? You write <laughs>、yes. the yeah the surly. Yeah.、Uh-huh. So got the the Ted smaller trailer, and we made a sort of like a, you know the cob.、Um, oh right.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we so and explain to our listeners、mm-hmm. unfamiliar with what is a cob stove or what is cob right cob is like a it's like we use like a soil we just dig on the ground we, and mix it with like a straw、mm-hmm. and water and sometimes it's put in like little sand and yeah and then we step on them like a lot and mix mix it、mm-hmm. and then we put in first we use like a were you guys、it? instrumental in in making the cob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, and we use like a cardboard to make the the form of the kamado.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's everybody can make it, and then we put like a bucket in the middle, and we put the 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 cob material when it's soft,、mm-hmm. and you you dry it out for a few days, and we take out the bucket, and that's where we put the 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 pan. Yeah, for rice cooking. Nice. Yeah, and so you found cob to be pretty good for transport too. So it it stays well, together on top of the trailer. Actually,、uh, the first one we made is fo- it fell apart when we had like a maybe twenty miles ride. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so next time we put like a like a rope or、mm-hmm. yeah around the co- inside the cob so it's got strong. Oh, so it gave、yeah. it a little bit yeah. of like yeah. Yeah.、Uh, right. skeleton almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and also we have like a the metal. Metal stove,、mm-hmm. yeah, and that that's one. That one's like easy. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's yeah, when like, you guys came the last time, you brought a stove. That's right. With、yeah. you,、um, which was really cool. It like, you know, had the window and you open、right. and、yeah. you feed the feed the、mm-hmm. uh, wood in there.、Yeah. Um, this year, though, you guys didn't bring it. That's、um, right. Yeah, made from just a steel bucket. Yeah, and、mm-hmm. they make it. So yeah, we made it. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about making the kamado. 
Yeah. yeah. Just we got the steel bucket and make two holes. Two holes. Yeah, two holes. Front hole, which is we bring in rope for fire. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, other one is to throw air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like ventilation. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's right. Became good to fire. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And so let me let me think how you did this. So you had this steel bucket. I saw it. So like, I'm just trying to think to describe for our audience. So you had the steel bucket. It was upright. You didn't like flip mm -hmm. it over or anything. Um, you cut a square hole on one side and then a hole for ventilation. And then what I I thought was cool was you just put the kamado the no yeah. sorry the whole yeah. thing is the kamado but then the pan was right, just right, right on top of the bucket hagama. that's hagama. right hagama yeah <laughs> <laughs> right on yeah so it's like a really simple solution yeah and, and this time like um we almost uh thought about not bringing the pan and try to find like a pan to just sit on top of the the, mm -hmm. the bucket so that we can cook rice but probably we can we can find something yeah, yeah. here locally i'm sure yeah. this has really got got me thinking about you know making one of my own yeah sometime what would you go with the the pan or would you go cob style um no i would do steel bucket yep um mm -hmm. just because they're really easy to come by and take very little effort yeah uh <laughs> And then I don't know what I would do for that's that's mm. where I'm really interested. Like, yeah, part of me wants to find like a bucket that would just fit just right, so it sits mm -hmm. just a little bit above. Right. I actually the key to cooking good rice is to have like relatively deep pan, mm. so that like at least like half of the pan will sit under the what what you call it like the the top part of the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fire goes around yeah, oh, okay. the pan. Yep. Right. Yeah. Nice. How many mm -hmm. folks showed up for the event? Uh, how many? Like maybe 10, 15? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah around 15. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I saw the I saw the photos on the, the Sprocket podcast to Twitter, but um, <laughs> that, that was me on my lunch break yeah. being like, wow, that looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. What I really liked about this particular one was just how simple the setup was. Earlier, you mentioned how like there was no gasoline. That's right. Um, oh. And on our way back, you were asking about mm -hmm. uh, all the barges um, right. up on, I want to say, Salvi Island. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think um, so. And then further north up the oh. up the Willamette, there is is uh, all of the fuel storage. That's right. Oh. And uh, I pointed out that's the entire fuel storage mm -hmm. for the entire state. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. So wow. if it, I want to say, I want to say when, when the big one hits, because mm. it really isn't a matter of sure. if anymore. Geologic uh, timescale, your, your safe bet there. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, yeah, when the big one hits, you know, all of that is at the very best is going to be cut off for a while. Right. You know, at the worst, it'll leak into the water. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty bad. Regardless, we're not going to have access to fuel to right. for cooking, for going anywhere, uh, things like that. Yeah. And that's what really drew me 
um, to this particular rice cooker ride mm-hmm. because it was just such a simple setup that right. anyone could just make just out of stuff that they possibly even have in their house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So our philosophy is to use whatever we have and to utilize yeah, that as much as uh, possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the spirit of it. Right. So definitely like bicycle is one of those yes. things. Yeah. We all have bicycles. Yeah. Um, maybe not all of all of I mean everybody, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely who has bicycle enough enough know. to share around or right. to, to get yeah. the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, um, I th- the reason why we came to Portland is that uh, Portland has a lot of like sort of community um, rides. Yes. Uh, like this pedal palooza mm-hmm. uh, in June. In I June. Heard. Yep. We've never been here. <laughs> that time. Uh, you always, it? yeah, you always come like either <laughs> either right after or right, right before. Yeah, <laughs> Does that coincide with holidays in Japan, or just sort of that's that's the time it works? Well, the last time we were here, because there was the disaster relief trials, yeah. uh, <coughs> and that was in October, mm-hmm. so we came on that timing. Gotcha. And this time, it's the it's actually our spring break. Okay. Yeah. So the my university duty is kind of over, and we have like a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. Right. Are you yeah. spending most of that time here in the States or did you get a chance to visit friends and family back home as well? Actually, um, this, 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 uh, I have this one week and we are visiting Portland and that's it for this year. Oh, wow. And yeah. well, thank you for, we... thank you for joining us. <laughs> oh, our pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And actually they, we will be going back for like Yasu and Kauri's, um, Graduation. Okay. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. So like a, yeah. yeah. Commencement. Yeah. Yay. Right. That's happening. great. Right. So back to the festivities afterwards. Right. Come come home heroes from Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh. Uh, do you have anything else planned while you're here in town? Or I guess what, what's been the focus of your week? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, so since we... Ha- we have been having difficulties um, having our event like disaster relief trials. We thought like, okay, we could try to figure out like h- how can Japanese infrastructure improve to have more cargo bikes? Mm-hmm. And also, can we have a cargo bike more suitable for Japanese environment? Okay. So I was interviewing um, a uh, actually, many people in Portland. For example, we met like Phil, um, yeah, from Metrofeed. Yeah, yeah, and um, he lended us his um, his bicycle, and yeah, so we were borrowing his like um, cargo bike and mm-hmm. riding around the city. That reminds me, I'm supposed to give you a copy of Aftermath. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's still at my house. Oh yeah, yeah. But- yeah, um, I still have like a few more days. <laughs> okay, um, so we'll, we'll get it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And also um, today, um, first thing in the morning, we visited Splendid Cycles. Mm-hmm. They carry, um, you know, many cargo cargo bikes, cargo bikes from uh, Denmark or Germany yeah. or locally from, uh, I mean, from California. Extra mm-hmm. Cycle, and yeah. So I was asking them, like, um, is there like 
more infrastructure um, good for cargo cyclists in Portland. But it seems like the Portland has a really great infrastructure. Um, of course, like there are certain areas which needs to be better. But yeah, in terms of infrastructure, it seems like it's a great yeah okay city. Did you? Mm -hmm. When you were talking to people, did mm -hmm. you have anybody point out a specific example mm -hmm. of a piece of Portland infrastructure that they felt was cargo bike specific? Um, not not necessary. Okay, but uh, for sometimes uh, there are small like left turning like kind of weight bike bike box. Mm -hmm. for, like, oh yeah, the green boxes. Green boxes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes those are a little too small for cargo bikes. Yeah, it's a bit hard yeah. to fit. Right. So yeah. So when we were in Denmark. Uh, the Copenhagen has like a thing called Copenhagen Left. Yes. So and explain, yes. explain to us what a Copenhagen yes. Left is. Sure, yeah. Or so, I, I can hop in too if you'd like. <laughs> so, um, so when you uh, turn left at the intersection, um, you go straight and you raise your left hand mm -hmm. and kind of do a, like a little quick 90 degree turn mm -hmm. and wait in front of the the sidewalk i mean not not sidewalk the, the zebra mm -hmm. crossing okay right? yeah. the crosswalk so you're, crosswalk, you're, you're right. taking you're taking a little dip to the right in right. order to orient left that's right yeah. right and then you wait for the the next light to the to turn green and then you cross yeah turn left mm -hmm. yeah right for so so um cop in copenhagen um there wasn't much space but the 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 hand signal and mm -hmm. the mana um, made them fit more than the actual space there was, so I think it was like kind of sort of human effort as well as infrastructure. It has sure. to be kind of set as a together thing, yeah. So that like was there's a there's kind of a uh, an understanding mm -hmm. with right. the people there that's already. Right, that's right. Yeah. So people will try to squeeze in mm -hmm. tighter and. Yeah, actually, the distance between bicycles were much, much tighter in Copenhagen. Okay. Well. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you think that that's sort of a familiarity that people build just yeah. as a, as sort of a society with each other? I totally think so, yeah. Okay, because so, we had, we had mm. a bit of a discussion about space and, like, the appropriate yes. amount of space uh, oh. just last week or a week or two ago. And, and I think, at least here in Portland, um, the argument could be made that we haven't really standardized that, mm -hmm. that amount yeah. of space yet. Right. Not that it needs to be, um, but that's an interesting observation. Right. And also, um, some, sometimes, like, you know, the, the people just ride next to each other talking, and sometimes like, they're joking, and, like, they're very casual. And a lot of times, they don't wear helmets. Yes. Yeah. And it's, like, almost like, what should we call it? Like, everyday things that it's yeah, so right. normal. Mm -hmm. Riding bicycle is, like, almost like walking mm -hmm. on yeah. the street. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is our helmets um, mandatory? Is it required uh, over in Tsukuba? Or is it just something, I guess, yeah. What, do you guys wear helmets and is it required? Yeah, actually, it in Japan, it is not required ah. to wear helmets. Mm -hmm. It's not mandatory. Uh, a lot of the, the kind of sports cyclists, like our like the road racers, yeah. yeah. You've got your road rider ca right, category, right. Okay. yeah. So they definitely wear helmets, mm -hmm. but like for the everyday riders, for example, like the mamachari riders, uh -huh. um, they they normally definitely no. not, yeah, wear helmets. And also some 
girls wear like a skirts uh, yeah. on bikes, and mm -hmm. they're really you know uh, good about like riding. Yeah. You know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just keeping it keeping it professional and right. getting to where you need to go. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, is riding more casual or more sporty over there? Uh, you mean in 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 Tsukuba, in Tsukuba or in Japan? Yeah. In Tsukuba. So there are definitely two huge big groups. Yeah, and there are kind of elitist kind of road racer type, uh, yeah. the racer types, and they wear like really flashy kind of fitted uh, clothing. Sure. Okay. And they wear definitely wear helmets, and they go really fast, and they ride on the road. But on the other hand, uh, the majority of cyclists. Ride on sidewalks. That's on the been, sidewalk. Yeah, that yeah. has been a oh, huge wow. problem. So, yeah. in um, a few years ago, the government clearly stated the bicycle has to ride on the street, on not on the sidewalks. Right. Okay. But there isn't enough. There aren't enough spaces for cyclists. So, kind of people pushed away onto the sidewalks, and and the big problem is um, just. Since they ride on the sidewalks, uh, the cyclists ride on sometimes ride on. Uh, in Japan, we drive on the opposite side, right. so the bicycle has to keep left. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, on the street, hmm. but sometimes they ride on the right hand side, and so you know they could hit. There's conflict. Yeah, yeah. conflict with the cars, yeah. and it's really bad. It's all like messed hmm. up. Yeah. Do you feel like there's it sounds like there might be some tension built up. Do you feel that that is reaching, or I guess mm -hmm. what point do you feel that's reaching? Do you think it's going to continue to be this way or, or is this discussion starting to occur in terms of, of like what can we do to solve right. this or, or, mm -hmm. or examining that? Yeah, definitely. I think more discussions are happening and I think the government is seeing more potential in cycling and I think the, the money is starting to you know, the support the cyclists okay. more and more. But, um, for example, like Portland started really early in terms of like building bike infrastructures and like bike lanes. Mm -hmm. Like I heard it's from 70s. Yeah, uh, right around. Sounds right, about right. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I heard like, you know, Portland spends like 1% of the whole uh, budget to build like freeways. So now you guys have like more than 300 miles uh, of like bike lanes mm -hmm. and like shared you know, yeah. bike roads. I think the last stat I saw was, it's a couple years ago now, mm -hmm. but it was something like 375, maybe 380 or so. Right. Um, and, and, and in this context, bike infrastructure, it could be a bike lane, a, mm -hmm. a uh, trail network, right. or neighborhood part of our, greenway. Yep, mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Um, and the greenways, I think, especially within like the past five or six years, I feel like is where a lot of that uh, right. expansion has been happening yeah right right so yeah speaking of the the neighborhood greenway greenways mm -hmm. um actually when we were in copenhagen we rode from uh copenhagen to munster germany oh right right yeah Actually, we cheated. We took a train <laughs> in the middle, <laughs> but but yeah, it was we rode. Oh, I heard like, there was there was a little bit of controversy with the train, right? <laughs> right, mm. right. So actually, uh, it, I thought it was interesting. Uh, in Germany, um, it was the the bicycle road was almost like the neighborhood greenway mm -hmm. in a really rural setting. 
like we um, rode between like um, the forest or the like cornfields or yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But in Denmark, um, the bike path was just by the main roads, which a lot of cars are running. But they have like dedicated space for cyclists, and the environment changed drastically from okay. yeah Denmark to Germany. Yeah, so that was really interesting. You did know, it? Did it? When mm-hmm. it, when you're going through, so the the scenery changed. Do you feel like the mm-hmm. nature of cycling itself changed? Do you, did you feel like you were all of a sudden right. uh, subject to a different rule set yeah, or a different perception? Definitely. So in Denmark, like cyclists are sort of. Uh, positioned in a like a higher hierarchy. I, I shouldn't say hierarchy, but you know more. Well, you mentioned would, earlier, it's mm, just sort of understood that they're right. there. It's as common as walking, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. In Germany, definitely, cars has more priority. Power, yeah, yeah, priority, and the cyclists. But also, like in a way, um, they do it really uh, well, clever way, because there are like kind of rural roads. Not many cars will be running there. So having like a shared space for cars and cyclists mm-hmm. make total sense. Mm-hmm. Oh. When you were cycling through, so there's there's some Euro bike routes, which are, I, right, I guess, right. would be the closest equivalent to some of the ACA routes here yeah. within the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have experience riding on those? And, and if so, how did it go? Uh, you mean the in the in, in the, Germany in, in Germany? Yeah, right. Actually, in the beginning, we weren't aware of the long distance um, cycle roads, but we realized there were icons, mm-hmm. and we've been following certain icons throughout our trip, and then we reached the Munster, and we were talking with the people at the Germ- um, German Cycle Association, ADFC, and they they told us there are, these icons signify okay. certain routes okay but, but we weren't really aware of the right yeah, so the you were, you were just kind of following them unbeknownst right and exactly. but but ended up in the right spot right okay yeah. kind of reminds me of the uh, scenic bikeways system that we got going here yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and that that's been um sort of tying back to the conference from this week that was a lot of the discussion that's happening is oh, yeah? um should we and if so, how do we or where should we expand or, or, or should things be linked? Should they be separate destinations? Um, and and the, the book I've been reading is, is what got me really excited about this. So Germany, at least in terms of the mm-hmm. route that you folks were following, mm-hmm. um, has a really neat network where they sort of develop relationships right. with communities mm-hmm. and sort of have sponsor um, hosts, I guess you could say. And so Interesting. even though it's a, a national cycling mm-hmm. network, you and um, your community would take ownership or responsibility um, for operating a certain section of that. And wow. so they have it broken down into this really neat, uh, sort of accountability network, if you will. And mm-hmm. and so people take a lot of pride within their roots for going through their parts of town or community. And Great. in terms of the Oregon Scenic Bikeways, um, there's been similar discussion of like, should we link them up? If, if so, how? Um, and also like, how much sense does that make? Because at least within the context of cycling in Oregon, um, the scenic bike routes are fantastic. Oh yeah. But when you get in between them, sometimes that can be a little, a little bit hairy. Less, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so it got me thinking there's there's been a recent extension of the Appalachian Trail called the International yeah. Appalachian. Uh, and that happened, I think, back in the late 2000s. And with that, it's actually running all across the world now. And so they, they sort of had to go into communities and sort of see, well, what type of signage makes sense? How do we tie this all together? And in the in the Appalachian Trail sense, it even runs in some places where there aren't any Appalachian uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> stones. So so Iceland would be a good example of right. that. But the sentiment, uh, for example, of creating the uh, IAT through Iceland was that Iceland's kind of in the middle of the two continents. So at some point in time... You like, had to connect them exactly. somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Iceland, <laughs> because it, it generates that plate um, dispersion, really does tie in in a sense there. And so with that, it just got me thinking, you know, it, is there or should we look to connect internationally through something and also, if so, what would that look like? Um, and, and is there a need to, or, or should we keep things separate and distinct? And so that balance between having uh, local connections and having people really take pride and ownership of their segment of the route, I think is a really important piece for keeping those active and keeping those healthy over time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, this is my head scratcher for the week. Is, <laughs> is there a way to keep that uniqueness and that really nice tie into local communities but still have that be a part of a bigger network. And, and I guess, how would we do that? Right, right. Oh. It's neat that you were able to, to tie into that. <laughs> like, yeah. um, back in where we are in Japan, um, uh, it's called Ibaraki Prefecture. And the prefecture is like sort of like a state. It's smaller, but uh, like a state. It works like a state. Mm-hmm. And um, um, the the last... Um, it's not mayor. What's the person who leads the state governor? Government. Governor. Governor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, governor of the the prefecture. Um, he stated that he wants to make Ibaraki like a most cyclable. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, prefecture cool. In Japan, but, but we are definitely way <laughs> behind. <laughs> yeah. But we had this. Um, we had the second biggest lake in Japan, and we've been uh, helping them develop like a signage. Uh, for oh, the yeah. for the lake, and we have this like little hilly um, route called like uh, the Mount Scuba um, bike route, and it's connected. It's 180 kilometers, so it's not that long. But within that route, all the local communities are kind of called in in a uh, what you call it. Like there's like a meetings huh? every every month and like talk about what they can do and a lot of times they talk about okay we have this great food in our city or in our town or great produce or we have this beautiful temple or yeah so i think if the local people can contribute on the along the way i think it it has benefits for the cyclists tourists and the yeah, definitely for the yeah. local. Yeah, that's like one of the well. yeah, that's one of the things with the Oregon Scenic Bikeways. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of towns that were otherwise struggling financially mm-hmm. were getting a lot of tourist cycle tourist money right. coming in, mm-hmm. um, and it became kind of a very welcome thing. Uh, we have a thing every year called uh, Cycle Oregon, cool. where. Uh, they pick a large part of of the state, mm-hmm. and um, for a certain amount of money, you can ride this uh, pretty uninterrupted route, Great. and uh, it goes through a lot of smaller towns, and and uh, it really boosts their local economy that way. Yeah, 
That's great. Yeah. Sounds like something similar is happening over yeah. there then. Yeah. Uh, at least we are trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and so also within that trying, what has the response been at the local level to mm-hmm. efforts that you've been been sort of working towards? Right. Actually, um compared what's happening here probably um I think there are what should I say? Definitely there are a lot of like a road racer type who is interested in riding on the along the the lake. Uh-huh. Um that there are divide between those kind of elitist cyclist group. Uh-huh. I, I, maybe I shouldn't say elitist, but yeah. they they have that kind of mentality. The the fast, fast right. riders. I think right. yeah, yeah, I think uh one of the words that they use um in in sort of official um uh language, you know, whenever what is it? Uh the fearless and um uh fearless and fast no that's not it that's not it either but it it, you know you have the several categories categories. you have the 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 um you could just say fearless i think maybe that that is just it you know you have the the fearless the people who are going to cycle regardless of what the infrastructure is like Mm -hmm. you have the uh the sort of like interested but but concerned where like if the infrastructure was a little nicer, they might get on the cycling. And then right. you have sort of like the nevers, the people who are like, I would never cycle <laughs> mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, right. And it sounds like, you know, um, sort of describing the, the, the elitist type is, is oh. sort of that fearless, like fearless. they're, they're going right. to be out there that regardless. Way. Right. Right. But the, probably, you know, how do we bring in kind of sort of average people Right, the bike lanes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. still a big you know, thing we have to tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean it's, it's been kind of an ongoing thing here too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things right. that has uh, brought people more into biking is mm-hmm. the bike share program. Yeah, you know? definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Is there a bike share back? Um, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the, the name of the town? Oh, it's Scuba. Scuba. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Right. Um, is there a bike share in Scuba, or, or is that something? Because the the dockless bikes have been super big abroad, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. have those made their way through Japan? Actually, we have small scale bike sharing system, okay. but not as big as like like Bike Town in Portland has like you know so many locations. I mean, that's easy because we got Nike money right. funding <laughs> it. You know, that's true. <laughs> we kind of cheated. Yeah, we we got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Um, more things are happening in Tokyo from uh, the companies from China is coming in, mm-hmm. like a Mobike and, right, yeah. How's the reception been for that? I think it hasn't, like, really officially started yet. Okay. But um, there are smaller uh, things happening with, like, the, the red uh, bikes in Tokyo. I think the NTT Docomo, which is the yeah, cell phone yeah. company. Okay. Yeah, the cell phone yep. carrier yeah. is... Um, uh, funding that is going on for a while, but huh. the scale is, to be honest, not as yeah big mm-hmm. compared to what's happening in China. So, yep. I my guess is like the the bigger players like the mobile will take over, yeah, in a couple of years or yeah. so. I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. 
you mentioned uh, towards the beginning of the show that mm-hmm. you're you're facing some difficulties or you're facing some restrictions from the government. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of again what's what those are, and then mm-hmm. also is there progress being made, or or sort of if you had a way to to go to the government and say this is how we should do it, right. uh, what what would that look like? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned earlier about the the size rec- restrictions of the cargo bike. Yeah. Oh right. What is right. it? Six so foot. Width wise is um six hundred millimeters, that's about two feet. Mm-hmm. And the the length wise is around nineteen hundred millimeters. So that's about six three, six four. Okay. So it's not that big. For example, like metro feet is about maybe eight or right. nine. It's yeah. well over that. Right. Yeah. So we can't yeah, legally Ride that in Japan, mm-hmm. so but I think um, since we do this rice cooker thing back in Japan as well, people are really interested in mm. the cargo bikes because you know you don't see many. I mean, almost at all. Like yeah, there are some long tails. Uh-huh. Yeah, but for example, like long, uh, long johns. Yeah, yeah, the, the front loading cargo bikes okay they see it as a like a really strange things hmm. yeah so we're seeing as usually but in a way that's a good thing so it's a good exposure that we kind of demonstrate with yeah our equipment yeah this is useful mm-hmm. and but sometimes they take pictures and mm-hmm. you know yeah with the rice cookers and yeah so in that sense it's it's good so i think more exposure is good so we want to have like a demonstration like the, you know, the disaster relief trials. Yeah. yeah and it has meaning in terms of like the uh, the emergency situation. Okay. And it's a, also a disaster drill. So, and the definitely like it has to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of fun. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys are really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we certainly yeah. try. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, the pedal palooza mm-hmm. and also... There's a like a you guys have like something like Sunday Parkway. Yes. Yep. Block of Throughout the, the summer, a right. different part of Portland will be closed off to right. to motor vehicles yeah. and uh, pedestrian and and cycle traffic, mm-hmm. and it um it sort of becomes like a big f- um like kind of a fair almost mm-hmm. like uh vendors will come by and right. like set up shop there. So like as you're walking along or riding along, you can stop for like a snack or, uh, you know, various trinkets or whatever. Yeah, things like that. It's pretty cool. cool. Um, and that was actually taken as inspiration or f- taken from inspiration from, like, uh, Latin American countries. And in uh, Mexico City, they have uh, Ciclovia, mm-hmm, where right. the main streets are, are closed off mm-hmm. to automobile traffic. And uh, I think it's also called Ciclovia in uh, Bolivia, Colombia. Yeah, in- and I think there's one in L.A. now, too. Oh, for real? Yeah. I, I, right on, I, L.A. I, I recall seeing a video uh, around this time last year. I'd need to double check that. But it, it in that spirit, at least, uh, survives. Yes. For um, And this is open question to anyone. In terms that of, means you guys have to answer. That, that, <laughs> that means that you, you don't have to, but you're certainly welcome to. Um, so a bit about biking and, and sort of its its interaction with activism i mean that's always been a very big component mm-hmm. of how we see social social change uh, in, in many senses carried out do you think that in japan there's a a situation where 
the change that you're looking for, the change you want to see. You mentioned not wanting to break any laws, mm-hmm. but but if that fails, if there if there's just no budging on that, do you <laughs> think um, like a rice cooker ride on a on a long bike or on a cargo bike? subverting authority breaking the law do you do you <laughs> see potential or, or or things getting to a point where that might be an option or, or sort of even the best option or do you feel like you still have a lot of ways that you can work with the government and that it's more a, t- a process over time and this yeah again is open to anyone it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a pretty difficult question <laughs> sure and, and you can take any part of yeah. that too uh, and if you need to translate any of that mm-hmm. you know その、今現状では例えばブレット、ブリット、クロックワーク、本当は合法的には乗れないじゃない。で、いいアシストも外してるし、あ、あ、by the way, we we have a a bullet, uh e-bullet uh back in Japan, but that's illegal in terms of like two sense senses, like one oh, is yeah. like the size mm-hmm. and, oh, second, and it's electric. electric. Yeah, yeah. Yes. electric. Yeah. We um, struggle with that here too sometimes. Right. <laughs> Right, so the Shimano haven't like. Do they not sell their systems in the Japan? Steps, steps aren't Whoa. allowed yet. Okay, that's that's like mind blown right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> like I, I have more electric bikes. They make them there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our our shop has more electric bikes than they sell in all of Japan. <laughs> right. yeah. The step system's great, by the way. <laughs> Happy to hear. So actually, we brought back the e-bullet from Denmark. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we are using without the e-assist, okay. where we put the DI2 uh, two shifters, and we are using the the internal hub shift shifters, oh. but not with the e-assist. Okay. All right. May, may I answer? Yeah. I don't know if I can answer the whole sure. question. That's okay. Yeah, any any uh, piece of it. Just, just more curious. Yeah. Open-ended. For, for example, like, people do graffiti, even if it's illegal. What? <laughs> like, you know... They do? Yeah. No. Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that, that happens. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and there are definitely like a street cultures and cultures can change people's mind. Yeah. Like rather than maybe that's quicker than like changing the law. Okay. Yeah. So I think like when there are more groups of people who ride cargo bikes and if the government sees like like benefit in it or the potential in it because Tokyo is such a congested city and there's really really limited amount of uh, space but automobile has been the priority uh, over bicycle but if that changes i think the city would be much much better yeah. place for people and yeah hmm. so do you find yourself thinking um, that there's going to be a tipping point eventually, and then and then uh, people will realize that that cars? I've seen a lot of nods here that cars yeah. are are no longer going to be the priority, and and maybe bikes will sort of become more normal. Right? Or do you see it kind of still being a struggle? Mm. Actually, um, in Tokyo. <coughs> There are great public transportation systems, so people don't have to rely on their cars mm. so much. All right. So Tokyo would be probably, I'm thinking, easier, but maybe suburban cities or the more out, outside the big cities. Like Tsukuba is really car-centric okay. in Japan. Yeah, so everybody drives. 
we have relatively large, like three lane streets. Um, that's kind of rare in Japan. Like we have narrower streets. Even since it was like a new, new built as a new city, people rely more on the cars. But I think that it's more difficult in those like, um, whatchamacallit, like cities outside Tokyo mm. might be difficult. But I don't think I, um, my guess is I don't think it's going to be the 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 cyclists going to be majority. Yeah, but there could be a point that people want to ride more bicycle. Like for like Portland is a good example. Um, the percentage is not majority. Mm-hmm. Oh no, uh, it's like seven percent. Yeah, roughly seven percent. Yeah, right. fluctuates a bit in the summertime. So we we have our fair weather riders, but year round, just around seven. Right. Right. So, um, but still, um, Portland is seen as a bike friendly city mm-hmm. and cyclists are really v- visible and yeah. So we consider Portland as a cycling city, but there could be a, um, point that, you know, the, the city where we are from scuba could be, uh, something like that. More, more yeah, cycle more friendly. Cycle friendly. Yeah. 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 And the mayor, uh, have changed last year, pretty okay. recently. And before I didn't say anything, the mayor told me that, um, he wants to make scuba more like the Portland. Wow. Yeah. wow. So that's huh. nice. I think that's great. <laughs> so yeah. he, um, he has a contract is one of the, um, Portland Development Agency. Um, Portland Development Commission? Commission, yeah. And Question mark. Uh, yeah, um, his name is uh, Yamazaki-san, uh, and he works there, and he does a lot of projects in Japan, so the gov- uh, the mayor is uh, connected with him. Okay, wow. Yeah, starting That's to cool. do something. So something may happen. Yeah, the, starting to get some connections yeah. there. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess um, so. As we as we transition over into our other segments, I've mm-hmm. got a question um, for for everyone. Is and that would be between 2015, uh, your first visit and your visit today. Oh, what have you seen that's changed? What mm-hmm. have you seen that surprised you? Um, and what have you seen that stayed the same? <laughs> Second part of the question, what has improved and what, well, no, we'll just say what has improved. improved. Keep it positive for a change. Only the positive change? Sure. Oh, why? (laughs) (laughs) Because I heard from the the, the Todd's friend, uh, Mm -hmm. the Billy. Oh, Billy. Yeah. Yeah, Billy said about the population was... Um, explosion. Oh, oh yes, yeah. population explosion. Yes, and uh, so that the traffic is a little bit mm. uh, yes busier. Right? Yes, right. there are yes. bicycle congestion. Yeah, okay. uh, a little bit. Still more automobile congestion uh-huh. than. <laughs> than right. but, how, but yeah, how do you feel, girls? Mm. Oh, a question of us. Uh, <sighs> let's see. I. Right. I so when I first moved to town, I feel like it was <laughs> the I, I go off the metric of like one per one thousand interaction is um, just a little bit tense. Like it, it makes you think twice or you remember it later in the day for one reason or another. 
And then I feel like over time, it's it's worked its way down to about maybe one in five hundred now. So like perceptible, still not bad, but mm. but you 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 notice it just a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Just a little bit. Yeah. So I think the the William, uh, uh, a friend of mine, um, he was mentioning like North Williams. Yeah. Um, could get really busy during the the rush hours in the mornings, yeah. and yeah. sometimes there are kind of yeah the lines of bicycles. There well. are days where because Williams is is a uh, my main route back mm-hmm. home from right. from work, and uh, there are days where I will go out of my way because I just I just don't want to be in a crowd. You don't want to be on the bike highway. No, I don't. Of the United be, States no. of America, <laughs> which is which is weird because honestly, as congested as as the bikeway on Williams can be. It's nowhere near as bad as like some of the roads I have to sit in on a mm-hmm. daily basis, even right. you know, as a as a bus driver, uh-huh. you know, where I'm just kind of putzing uh-huh. along on what was once an expressway and going ten miles an hour mm-hmm. because something up ahead had happened and now everything's slowed down because we're working uh-huh. at capacity already. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a closing question to you all, although. To be clear, you never really answered Guthrie's question. <笑>何か変わったこととかがあるって2年前に来た時と比べてポートランドに来た時と比べて前に来た時はポートランドの方がなんかいい面しか見えなかったんですけど今回その商に自転車に対して風されてるって風が始まった最近始まったっていう話を
But I think we want to come back again. <laughs> the thing that did not change is the quality of beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Still okay. Still great <laughs> beer. Great I should beer. clarify. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had one last so question. So one last question. <clears throat> and that is, I, I'm just, I don't know. I maybe hold you guys uh, uh, in very high regard for um having gone through what i'm imagining portland is going to go through um eventually with the earthquake and and with the loss of infrastructure and you know learning how to um kind of be self well not even self-reliant because you came together as a community um so Mm -hmm. i guess my closing question for all of you is like what can we do what can we learn from your guys's experience what is something i don't know that like you maybe have seen traveling through here that you, this is a very complicated question i'm sorry <laughs> but what have you seen like traveling through here that you could you could say we could benefit from adopting something that you guys are already doing or have done um to be reliant uh in 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 the face of 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 loss of infrastructure and, and stuff like that. Yeah. どうですか。えっと今えっとアロンが聞きたかったのはえっと例えばみんなはそのまあ震災を経験してそのインフラがこうなくなったりとかまあ電気止まったりとかガソリンがそういう経験をしている中ででポートランドの人たちがなんか学べることって何かあるかなっていうことだったりもすでにやってることからこう学んでほしいってことなんだろうみたいな質問でもし何か答えられたら訳す学んでほしいこと、うん、学んでほしいこと There's a lot of head scratching going on a lot of, a lot of chins and a lot of head 原発はよくないとかそういうことでもいいんだよ<笑>でも僕ばっかり答えちゃったらっちゃうとねなんかある、uh, ?I felt that sharing the food,、mm-hmm. just one pot, it's really good to build community.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, we feel all the time.Shared meals.Yeah.Right.Also,、mm-hmm. we love fire, looking fire.Making <laughs> fire?Yes!Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah also、that's... trying to make it a fire is so、um, helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, like, while、yeah. for disaster relief, I think that is important. So, we're gonna try to go outside and try to do some camp thing. Sure.、Mm-hmm. That is a, so important thing.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess so. Bonding,、uh, bonding yeah, over that right, experience. Right, right. And、uh, the Yasu has writing his、um, graduation,、um, the thesis, and his theme was like rewilding.、Uh, mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh,、uh, nice. Right. Yeah. So we've been the human being being like a little bit too spoiled in a way. So, like, we have to go a little bit tougher <laughs>、yeah. direction. Yeah. Get, get back in touch. Right,、yeah. right. Yeah.、Mm. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Just what is something that, that we in Portland could, could、right. uh, benefit、what? from、yeah. right. uh, 
that you guys are already doing mm. uh, to in the in the realm of 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 yeah right disaster relief or, or disaster reliance even mm. actually i think portland does better job in terms of like community building and like uh what you call it the advocacy advocacy mm-hmm. groups uh-huh. and like yeah so i think people are in general very good at like talking discussing but i think um some people may not think this disaster is really coming. Yes. Yeah. Um, people might think, oh, it's not going to happen while I'm alive or, yeah. Or they're, they're willing to take that chance. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it could happen tomorrow or even, you know, a couple hours later. Right. Yeah. So have to be really prepared that, yeah, that they could really come. So, you know, I heard the Telecom Crossing is the only bridge. Maybe the Selwood. Selwood. But yeah. Because yeah. they just rebuilt that. Mm-hmm. In magnitude 9 earthquake. Yes. So I have to really think that may happen to you. So, yeah, think about like what you can do or what your community can do uh, to save yeah. The, yeah. the community. And I think yeah. what I'm getting out of that too is, uh, you know, I've I've talked often about preparing a relief kit, and I I've not gotten too far. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, if if you find yourself in that position, don't mm-hmm. wait, just do right. something. It doesn't have to exactly. be the entire thing. Just right, start right. that journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah start yeah. now. Definitely. Yeah, it's important. But also, like as Kaidas said, I think preparing. For for the community is sometimes it's a fun thing, you know, mm-hmm. like the practicing like cooking rice or whatever you can do. Yeah. I think that is, yeah, great, yeah, thing. And I think, yeah, as as I said before, you guys are really good at like having fun. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that spirit is like So, so we just we, we gotta sprinkle a little disaster yeah, yeah. Uh, preparation <laughs> into that fun. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a pedal pleaser, right? <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> Disaster town. Right. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us in the studio yeah. this evening. Thank you for coming uh, in. Thank, thank you for coming much. back to Portland, too. Yeah. 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 Welcome back. We hope you'll come again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have time or would all of you like to stick around for news or have you other other places to go for this eve? Uh-huh. Can totally, totally yeah. All right. Oh, there's fantastic. there's still two more beers. Yeah. We can <laughs> we can break <laughs> cups out so you guys can share. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. Uh, I'll right. go grab some cups yeah, real quick. Yeah, sounds good. And then also for our news segments uh, and, and the entire rest of the show, if you want to chime please. in, please mm-hmm. help us. Or, 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 or you are always invited as a voice at the table. So if something sure. piques your interest, feel free to chime in there. Yeah. Great. We're getting some cups going in the studio here. Thank you. I'm going to let you guys pour it out and, and share. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, what we got right now is... I love, I love, I love, I love my calendar. Don't, don't ever use that. And that is courtesy of our friend in D.C., Tim, Tim Mooney. Mooney of the Pedal Shift Project. If you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. Great. After you listen to this. On the <laughs> second Thursday of every month, we have the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. On the second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. And every second Friday of every month is the Indianapolis Bike Party. 
And every second Sunday of every month here in Portland is the Corviday Bike Club Ride. March 20th through the 31st, we have from Joyce W. the Aaron Day. And the Aaron Day is a complete 12 errands in 12 days and ride or run a total of 30 miles between March 20th and the 31st. Yes. So if you're listening to this on a Thursday, you've already got a couple of days you need to play catch <laughs> right up on. for but but we we believe in you you can do so it. there's there's coffinuring and there's errandinuring i need to set my calendar for coffinuring again <laughs> yeah <laughs> get, yeah, that, get that one done proper this year march 24th the spring equinox ride in indianapolis this came to us from keith in indy on april 8th we have the pedal pursuit on april 14th lads 500 the third one and wow. Team Sprocket Podcast will interview you either <laughs> on the ground there in the center or uh, I'm going to try to get a mobile set up as I, as I bike, but there might be a, I might get really bored with that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> on April 21st, we have Randy Joe Fabrications, and this is from our friends at Ravello PDX. Yes. The Trunk Show. Um, so they say, Randy and Eric here, quote, in person. Uh, there will be plenty of cool items that we don't usually stock available for immediate purchase. We should we should also be debuting our newest limited edition Ravello Randy Joe cap. Waxed cotton, anyone? So if you have um, plans otherwise, you should stop those plans and go check it out. Uh, <laughs> Especially PM. if you like waxed cotton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, who, who doesn't like a little bit of waxed cotton every now and then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, also over at Ravello on April 28th is the, oh, is Grant Peterson there in person. Do you guys know who Grant Peterson is? That's that's okay. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Aaron, that's great. Aaron, who is Grant Peterson? Grant Peterson. Uh, he is sort of the founder of Rivendell Bikes, uh, and he has a lot of books and uh, writings on um, riding bikes uh, as sort of transportation versus sport. Um, yeah, really, really good thoughts on that. Um, and he'll be here in person at Rivello on April 28th. On April 29th, we have the Monster Cookie Metric Century. April 29th, the Yakima Valley Fondo. That came to us from Paul or from Pete D. in Yakima. And on May 12th, we have the Mashley Scavenger Hunt Ride. That also came to us from the people at Ravello. Mm. Um, and yes, uh, if you meet at Ravello at 12 p.m., there is a uh, scavenger hunt put on by Darby, Shelley, and Andy. And if you have been a listener of the Sprocket Podcast, you might know Shelley and Andy from the Schmitz bike touring uh, hmm. with their family. On May 16th, we have the Santa Cruz, California Ride of Silence. This is from Greg Braithwaite, or Gregory Braithwaite, yes. our ride leader. And listener. Yes, um, it's a, well, we've described this once before, yes. so yes. I won't be redundant. That's okay. May 19th, a DC bike ride. June 2nd, the Gifford Gravel 50. Also, June 2nd is the, I'm going to mispronounce it, Wiser River Ride. And June 16th, Ravello 3rd Anniversary, Wingding Barbecue Beverages, uh, Deets to Follow. So we'll, we'll have more next week. Yes. June 23rd, the Petal Pedal. August 19th, the Portland Century. September 2nd, Tour de Lab. September 8th through the 9th, uh, the Bike MS 150. 
And September 22nd, oh, more on the Bike MS150 later. Yeah. Uh, September 22nd, Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts. And upcoming filmed by bike tour dates. Albany, New York, July 22nd. Seattle, Washington, TBD. Vancouver, Washington, TBD. Arcata, California, November of 2018. And Bendigo, Australia, October of 2018. You know what's really cool, Aaron? What's that? We've got a lot of cool stuff on the calendar. You know, oh, the funny man. thing is, is there was a there was a time where I was like, I'm not sure if we should keep the calendar segment because I don't know if I'm going to have enough to fill it every time, but there just keeps getting more and more. So. Yes, we asked, you answered, send us your events. Thank we, you so much, listeners. We would we'd love to share more. And now for What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the night. All right, first up, this came to us. Um, actually, we stole it from shift2bikes.org. This is an announcement from Chris otherwise known as Fool, um, you may not know who he is personally, but if you like Pedalpalooza, you probably have known his work for a long time. He says, hey, I'm Chris, a.k.a. Fool, and I've been facilitating Pedalpalooza and Shift for the past few years. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I've always helped out because I love to help, and I didn't be- intend to become the person who made Pedalpalooza happen. That's in quotes or help maintain the Shift website or bank account or mailing list or Facebook page or Twitter account or relations with the city of Portland in my spare time. But I try to do the things that need doing. I try to make the fun that I want to see in the world. With the help of rock stars like Megan Sinnett and Rihanna, I've kicked off the process that is making the pedal blues that you know and love happen in 2018. I'm committing to see it happen this year at a similar scale to past years. There will be intersectional art publicity, etc. But what do I need from you? Some help. If you're interested in volunteering for any of the following, please get in touch get in touch with me off the shift list. I'll continue or I'll connect with those interested in the same tasks, e.g. social media, so they can make plans and execute. Here are some things that Chris would like to have help with for Pedalpalooza. Chris uh, says, I need some folks to help step up and shadow to see the work that goes into Shift and Pedalpalooza. Also, he's looking for a liaison to work with the people who can't, uh, for whom he can't. Uh, so he's not able to work with folks who've created the incredible calendar for the events ongoing. So looking for somebody to stay in touch with that process. And then also looking for folks to help with a new open source community maintainable website, um, which is in the works and will be launched soon. If you are a social media guru or looking to cut your teeth on said, they are also looking for people to help out with their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, And then the calendar, which Chris acknowledges has always been a huge part of Shift. In fact, it is, I would say, the biggest part of Shift. It's what I know them from. It's it's (laughs) what makes it all happen. It's how it all comes together. Uh, Looking for help with the calendar as well. So they've got some folks working on some pretty cool stuff behind the scenes, Uh, but if you've found yourself benefiting from, enjoying, or even just being curious about what that Pedalpalooza thing is, uh, get in touch with Chris. This is 
this is yeah this is portland bike culture quite yes. quite literally mm-hmm. um, yes so so if you uh were looking for a way to plug in there are ways available and uh we'd love to see that continue yes go to shift to number two bikes.org and i'm sure there's ways to get in touch with chris that way <clears throat> um next up from brock Hi, Brock. Who we all know and love out there in North Portland. He says, well, he doesn't say. He sent us this article. <laughs> Sleep bus is now cabin. Sleep bus is something that we've been following off and on. It is a bus that travels uh, down the coast of California at night with uh, little cabins that you can sleep mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it is now called cabin and surprisingly spacious and incredibly comfortable and we think of it, we, the peep cabin people, think of it as a moving hotel. Go ahead and sleep your way to your destination. From Bicycle Retailer, uh, which is a publication via Josh G. Um, and this is kind of funny that we were talking about Shimano today, because mm. this, this also ties in. Um, but they've been getting reports uh, from the World Bicycle Mechanic Forum, a members-only group on Facebook, that have reported seeing Shimona and Shinano components uh, <laughs> on Aspen bikes brought in for service and assembly to stores in Ontario, Canada, Aurora, Illinois, and Detroit. Mechanics said they believed the bikes were promotional giveaways from purchases made at local furniture stores. Um, a Shimano representative has been contacted and said that the company's not heard of this recent spate of counterfeits from retailers or its sales team and did not know um, who could be producing these parts. Uh, quote, Shimano takes this very seriously because it, because it is not good for our brand or our industry on many levels. And this is uh, kind of funny that, that we had this time for today because we just had our... Um, Logging credentials reset for the Shimano Direct to Business site, and I'm wondering if that is part of what's going on. Behind oh, really? The huh. Um, it's, it's. I was wondering if you, as a, as someone who works at a bike shop, if you've come across any uh, Shinano. We we haven't. <laughs> or I'd Shimona. Kind of, I'd kind of love to, see, like like on a on a purely like. Uh, personal satisfaction level i'd love for that to walk in <laughs> because i, I want to see what it looks like right but um on a on a uh counterfeit shimano level probably not something you also want to see walk into right so yeah i mean shimano's um huge huge company lots of divisions so there's always room for something to happen if you in your hometown spot some shinano or some shimona let us know <laughs> take pictures if you can please send them our way um also from josh g from the northwest news network the article is some parents want stockpiles at schools to prepare for the big one the big one happens on a, if the big one happens on a school and work day portland mother laura hall figures fallen bridges and buckled roads will prevent many parents from returning their with their kids or reuniting with their kids quickly. <clears throat> this kombucha is strong. And if, <laughs> and if a Cascadia megaquake strikes after hours, disaster victims may end up mm-hmm. at the nearest school in hopes of finding help and shelter. Mm-hmm. So a group hall co-chairs called Parents for Preparedness is asking local schools for permission to stockpile emergency supplies to last for days in a shed or a shipping container. Hmm. 
So yeah. in CAD in uh or excuse <coughs> me, Tad and Katie, yeah. uh what I guess so you you mm-hmm. went through this, right? What was the initial response or were, did you find people pooling towards schools or or mm. other community type centers? Right. So um we have this like a uh, disaster drill mm-hmm. that um okay, once something happens, go to this park or go to like stay at your schoolyard or stay in the building and there are definitely the places we kind of gather that um when the earthquake happened, um all the cell phones yeah didn't work because everybody wanted to oh, uh, yeah. contact the network was other. overwhelmed. Right, right, overwhelmed. So in reality we couldn't some people couldn't meet meet each other and mm. um had a yeah difficulty um finding their uh, families and uh friends. Mm. So also um in terms of the I think the schools have like some like water supplies and some um food for a few days. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is right. already in place over yeah. there. That's okay. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is it is there. And yeah. it made the made the difference it right. sounded like. Right. Yeah. But there were some like kind of differences between each like regions. Like some regions prepared more and others didn't. So um so after the earthquake, like I think the average um what should we call it? The the sub supply I mean the the food or water mm-hmm. that they keeps the stockpile. Stockpile. Yeah. yeah. They went up, I think, in general. So that was a good thing. Okay. Uh, Right. I, I um so for this preparedness group maybe we can get some info or some data on what those stockpiles look like because that sure. might be a good template to consider uh, in terms of Portland's disaster response. Uh, related, I just remembered this. <laughs> um, I've been designated um, as one of ten drivers, um, and I won't be a driver for much longer. Oh, by the way, I got the job. <laughs> you caught me in the middle of a drink. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you, uh, Sprocket listeners um, who, you know, have been wondering uh, what the story was because I mentioned applying for it some time ago. Um, yeah, I got that job. Yeah. But anyways, I've I've been selected as one of 10 drivers to carry around um, a uh, large backpack full of emergency supplies um not so much food and water some water um a few snacks but mostly like uh blankets uh ways to shelter in place if you know the big one happens and i've got students on my bus yeah um and uh the original plan was yeah to have 10 drivers do this um just sort of as a pilot project see how it how it works out um, since I'm not going to be driving anymore, I've now been designated as sort of like the emergency preparedness person for oh. our building. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, Ste- stepping up in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot more. Is it kind of bit, bit off more than I can chew? I think. <laughs> well, uh, you've still got time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Joyce W. In episode 400, Brock asked whether other people run for transportation. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. You know what, where we're at here? Where? where um, oh, oh, did I just jump into a... Yes. Wh- where are we? Uh, well... We let's, we let's might try, not have try, Guthrie yeah. starting well the first time. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But yeah. do you know what we do have? What do we, what do we have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. 
Uh, first off, we've got new members of our unofficial Strava club. Uh, John O, a Brompton rider, uh, he's, this is how he describes himself, Brompton rider dodging buses and Ubers. And a, be- <laughs> and a beautiful photo, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says hello from rainy San Francisco. Hello, John. Derek Wagner, who we know and love from our credits. He says saying hi from Topeka, Kansas. Hello, Derek. And Krista Allgood says hi from Springfield, Missouri. I'm relatively new to cycling and am training for the MS150 in September here in the Ozarks. And that is the MS150 that we mentioned earlier. And I just realized I didn't put a location on there. Um, But we do have a link to it on our website. Hello, Krista. (laughs) She says, love listening to the podcast and learn some good stuff. Well, thank you, Krista. Mm -hmm. I do read all of your comments. I log in once a week, but I read them all. (laughs) (laughs) You read them all when you do log in. I do. I do. I do. I'm doing my best for our Strava team here. Yay. (laughs) Uh, From Joyce W., we have in episode 400, Brock asked whether other people run for transportation. I don't, but here's the website of someone who does. Yes, and this is the person who came up with uh, the Aaron Denis. I'm never going to say this right. Aaron Donny. And yeah, so, and that's coming up. Joyce also says, keep the rubber side down and don't forget to fade the intro music because I often do. (laughs) Thanks for the reminder, Joyce. Thanks, Joyce. We have from Keith H. in Indy. Hey, it's Keith in in Indianapolis. I saw my first fresh tumbleweave on the side of the road last week, and which here in Indy means spring is right around the corner. That and warmer weather. Speaking of spring, I'm leading the spring equinox ride for my band of hooligans, Two Kings Bikes, on March 24th which we'll have on the calendar. Uh, We've got a good mix of sketchy alleys, illegal dumping grounds, and low-traffic residential streets. Uh, Neighborhood greenways? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. And a secret stop at the end. Cheers, Mm. Keith from Indy. This reminds me. So when we first Mm -hmm. uh, got started yesterday? Yeah, it was just yesterday. Yesterday. No, two days ago. Wait. It was Sunday. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. (laughs) It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, when we first got started, mm. you were asking about, you know, wanting to take that same alley right. that we took last time. Yeah. I don't remember it being that muddy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as muddy it, as this time. No, uh. it was it was pretty thick. Right. Uh, yeah, but you managed all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was right before the go- going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Overpass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There, it's a secret alley. I didn't even. I didn't even know about it until, like, we couldn't. I couldn't see it on the map. We just sort of guessed, and we we guessed right. Right. You know what would what would be really cool about helping fool out with Pedal Palooza? What's that? That would allow us to have more alley rides. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. What did you think of the of the uh, the alley, the pathway? Yeah. I was fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but there was like one guy guy who was really complaining that I took that turn. Oh, uh-huh. really? Yeah, he was saying that he was not I happy. Yeah, I should have turned the one before that alley. <laughs> mm. <Yeah>. Whoops. <laughs> Some, sometimes you just got to go with the old smile and wave. Jessica was not very happy, but I, I feel like it was like more like 
kind of a camaraderie not happy with me. You know, I don't think she was totally angry with me. <laughs> she she still spoke to me and gave me tea afterwards. So. Uh, from Dan in Boise, Idaho, he says, well, Nap. Oh, yes. Well, from Napa or Nampa. Nope. Sorry. You got it. But Napa. N- but no one knows where that is. <laughs> it's he in says, Idaho. Hey, Sprocket Podcast. Just wanted to say I really enjoy your podcast. Been listening since the beginning. Well wow. done, Dan. Yeah, good job. Hey, let's get a beer after work. Congratulations on passing the 400 mark. Here's hoping for another 400 episodes at least, not counting the mini episodes. Shucks. <laughs> he, he has our number. <laughs> yes. I also wanted to say that I enjoyed Film by Bike this year. It was awesome. It was due to Guthrie that got me to go to it. Here in Boise, Idaho. Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Very kind words. If you guys like gravel trails, bike riding, you guys should come over here and do the Wiser River Ride this June 2nd, which we mentioned earlier in our calendar. It's a lot of fun, and the cost of the ride goes to support the trail. Aaron, glad you survived the Whole30 diet. Now, please, let's never speak of it again. I will... (laughs) Do you know this technically, I, you know, I can't this technically prom- means we, as, we as, talked about it again? Yeah, yeah. I can't promise I'll never speak about it again. About what? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and to round us out, um, Eric Iverson took a business trip and sent us a little something. Yes. Greetings from Roswell, New Mexico. I'm here on a work trip. I didn't rent a bike. I didn't ride a bike. I didn't see anyone on a bike. I did see someone on a skateboard. I did see a lot of signs of unintelligent life. That is all. Check my Instagram stories for more at Eric Ivy. Also, if you're on a road trip and bored, switch your driving directions to bike directions and you can really make some good time. <laughs> that, that golden tip. <laughs> yes. Golden, I, golden I can't, advice. I don't I don't know if you're really gonna make any good time, but uh You're gonna have a fun time. You'll have it. a fun time, exactly. I Gosh. I'm gonna try that. Uh I, I'm just imagining all levels of catastrophe. Like, do try that for a mile in Portland. Oh I, yeah. It would be exciting to say the <laughs> least. I love it. I, ch- I I laugh. You might you might find some dead ends or some roads you can't oh, go. Oh, it's it's yeah. not a dead end. It's a path in disguise. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, or, or, or so say the people who tend to hit signs on North Williams <laughs> oh, Avenue. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, two this month. I was thinking you can't, you can't go the other way. You can't switch. You can switch your driving directions to, to biking directions, but you can't switch your biking directions to driving directions. Wouldn't it just be driving directions, though? I mean, like if you're biking. Mm-hmm. And you switch it to driving directions and mm-hmm. say like it puts you on a major interstate. Yeah, but if you do it on a bike, you're 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 golden either way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll have to trust Google a little bit more before that happens. Yeah. 
what is it? Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. California, it uh, at a particular stretch drops down to about zero. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, that that's well. a, that's a cactus, not a rose. <laughs> We've reached the this end. This is it. We've reached the end. Thank you, guys. Only two of you were able to manage. <laughs> 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 no, Yase and Kari, I imagine, like had to go inside for a little while. Right. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyways, um, this is it. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you, Thank for you very much for us. having us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Any last Pleasure. words? Anything uh, you want to say? Well, before um, we end, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us, and we had a, such a great time and. Last night we went for zoo oh, bombing. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. yeah. that was Tell great, us. great. Yeah, was that your first zoo bomb? Yeah. So you, so you, you hadn't gone on it last time in October. Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't. Okay. We, we didn't I, have like a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret? Yes, I haven't zoo bombed. Whoa! <laughs> I've never zoobombed. I don't know. We're gonna. You have guys, to <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You've been on TNR. Uh-huh. You you zoobombed. You did the disaster relief trials. Yep. Like currently, you are more Portland than me right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's happy. We're yeah. we're gonna yank a patch off each that's week right. yep. until you start zoobombing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You you can zoo bomb if you want, and if you don't want, there are still plenty of plenty ways of fun <laughs> yeah. to have bike fun here in Portland. Uh, yeah, Although zoo bomb's really fun. <laughs> so you've done this? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't recently, but I used to go pretty much weekly uh, really? when I first landed in town. Yeah, wow. for a good like three four months there. Uh, and yeah, it, it's actually been a couple of years since I've been. Uh, life tends to get really busy the right. longer you stay in one place. Uh, but I, I, I remember fondly my nights rushing down hills with not well, work, <laughs> not well working brakes. Uh, so, so the, the my question would be, mm. did you use the kid bikes or or what bikes did you use? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. t- tell us about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good, but I, I got my my bike was. My bike has very hard seat. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so you felt pretty so, much everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sore, sore butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do, so how many runs did they do last night? The, the two? Okay. Mm. Oh, three. Actually, wow. they, they did three, mm-hmm. but we only made it to uh, for two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Hey, two's a lot of runs. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, that is fantastic. So, so yeah, as Aaron said, it, it doesn't get more legit than that. Yeah. <laughs> you you could basically just move in here. Come on over. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. All right. You ready for this? Let's give it a whirl. Let's do this. <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of open signal our website is the sprocketpodcast.com email to the sprocketpodcast at gmail.com call or text 503-847-9774 twitter and instagram at sprocket podcast thanks to ryan j lane for our theme music hurtbird for our headline sounder marcus norman for graphic design and thanks to sustaining donors logan smith shadowfoot katrina melamgard wayne norman doug robertson ethan georgie justin martin eric iverson cameron lean richard wazenski Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker. Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler. 
Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zissen, Richard G., Guthrie Straw, who sits right next to me, Salutations, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary, Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney, Jeremy Kitchen, who's in New Zealand currently. Oh, nice. David Belay, Tim Coleman. Mr. T, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Tamaskato, Keith Hutchinson, thanks for the mail. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson. Also thanks Ryan, for the mail. Tam. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, and Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Ka-ka! and to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now, brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs> Hi, this guy, yeah. <laughs>